welcome to the 1208 Bit Nerd Church Podcast. I'm Jamin. I'm Tyler. And uh, on our Nerd Church Discord channel for the last hour has been me saying, hey, if anybody wants to come talk about Narnia, feel free. And then instead, everyone's in the general chat saying, oh, did you guys see Mando? Oh, this episode. Oh, guys. The, it, oh, it's great. I'm like, what on earth is going on? So Yeah. Yeah, I'm one of those people talking about Mandalorian right now because, uh, man, that was that was something. That was a good episode. And, uh, yeah, recommend watching Mandalorian if you don't. Jamin's one of those people. <laughs> Are you past episode one yet, Jamin? Have I was you, on you... episode four. Thank oh, you. Oh, good, good, Thank good. Thank you. And then I got a little, little bored, and now I need the strength to go back. So what happened to me on, like, episode two of Stranger Things? I got a little bored. When I went back, I just like watched the whole season in a day. So, well, you're gonna have to catch up on two seasons of Mandalorian because it is a fire. You all keep saying final episode. It's not final episode, right? Just to the season, season okay. finale. All yep. Right. All right. Well, apparently, I need to watch it. I know things are being revealed, and I don't know what it is. So, oh yeah. So uh, that's not what we're talking about today, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, not exactly. We're talking about a good old place where you can go, relax, where where you can uh, always have a friend around. <laughs> where uh, yeah, everybody knows what your name. I thought you were doing. I was just confused. I messed up on the, on the quote, and I couldn't remember everybody who knows your name. Making your way in the world today. <laughs> Which... <laughs> You know, you'd be like, what does that have to do with Nerd Church? But I bet Tyler, rather than quoting Cheers, is quoting the one time yeah. that Ice King sings about this in Adventure Time. <laughs> I am. I'm actually quoting uh, Ice King, and it's so much more uh, in-depth, and there's so much to it. I think we talked about it a little bit uh, in our Adventure Time episode. Um, you can go ahead and check that out on the podcast if you uh, if you missed it. But we're not talking about that either. We're talking about four people who went into a closet and decided to uh, – four people in the end, Jamie. Four people in the end. What you talking about? Lying the Witch in the Wardrobe. What do you mean four people? Four people in the end went into the closet? Four of them went in. Three of them went in. Who's two you? sons, two sons of Adam, two daughters of Eve. Oh, okay. right, 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 right. My counting is bad. I'm the, I'm the Narnia one. I don't know how. You know what? It's because <laughs> I forgot um, about Susan, and uh, you know what? Why. Susan by the final chapter is also forgotten about. I think sadly. she. <laughs> I think she forgets about herself. Yeah. So. Well, my bad. <laughs> right. There were four, even though I like to consider myself like Narnia's my fandom. Apparently, I don't even remember the basics. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mm. yeah. But uh, but we're talking about Narnia today, not just Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, that's really all I really know in depth, like more stuff about. It's because the on- it's the only one that really interested me out of like the book series. Um, the magician's nephew caught my eye a little bit, but after that, I read them and never really retained anything. So I got to reread these stories. 
They're good, man. I think once you're older, they're even better because you're catching, you're picking up on all the things that Lewis is putting down. Lion Witch in the Wardrobe is not my favorite of all of it. Like, I like the story and whatnot, but the hipster inside of me is like, there's got to be a different one. You got to like more, Jamin. So, so you're like the horse and his boy kind of person? No, I, I don't. That one's probably one of my least favorites. Yeah, it was so boring. Because that, that one felt like Lewis attempting to be Tolkien. Yep. Uh, making his own, like, let's learn about the Calmarians and and their entities, Tash, and all. And, like, he painted his world and he was working it out. But, like, I think there was just always a struggle between Tolkien and Lewis because <laughs> I think you know, Tolkien really started this whole like new fantasy genre to the level he did. And then to- Lewis is just like, yeah, I'm going to try it too. And he shows it to Lewis and, or shows it to Tolkien. He's like, this is trash, you know? <laughs> this is garbage, man. You can't have the lion go raw and say, I'm Jesus. Let me die for your sins, bro. Uh... <laughs> but then he like publishes it. It like takes off and to Tolkien's probably surprise of what? Oh, this is so insulting yeah. everything I've done, you know. Oh, because Tolkien didn't even know Lord of the Rings was going to be successful. So. Lewis didn't either. <laughs> I think I remember reading like Lewis reading something at Tolkien's like celebration of the release of the book. He's like, apparently this caught on. We were really <laughs> unsure that this would catch on and it caught on. So <laughs> this has been a blessing to all of we're us. We're just... <laughs> two grown men talking about our fantasy worlds we created and uh apparently you enjoy that (laughs) well i mean you know these seven books came out i think pretty quickly after he put them together so it's just you know tolkien spends like his life working on these fantasy books and then lewis just like pew 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 (laughs) and he's like no those aren't gonna work and they work and well, you know, we would say they work, but honestly, most people don't know the other six books. Uh, I learned this kind of the hard way when I made a my favorite album I've still written is just an instrumental journey through all seven books of Narnia. It's like 21 tracks, I think. And like, to some extent, every song is meant to relate a story and no one has any idea what my album's about because they only know the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there's there's so much more in the sound effects trying to relate more. Like you, you, uh, magician's nephew, the kid takes an apple from basically Narnia's Garden of Eden. When he gets back home to Earth, plants it in the ground, it grows. A storm blows it over. And he chops it down and turns it into a wardrobe. And so the wardrobe possesses the magical qualities of Narnia. And that's how the kids get through in the second book. And I have all the audio of a storm coming and knocking a tree over. Then someone put it together. And it just sounds like nonsense. Because it's like, (laughs) where are all these hammering noises in the middle of this album? So anyways, I digress. The thing that we were going to zoom in on today since it's Christmas time, is more or less, you know, Father Christmas and all that. What is going on there? That has been a conversation, I think, even among people who love Narnia, where everyone's like, does this character match this story? Because it it is a little jarring, first, when Santa Claus (laughs) just shows up in Narnia. And then it's even more jarring 
where he's like, I've brought presents for you. Oh, Peter, here's a sword. Here's some <laughs> weapons. Go kill your enemies, son. <laughs> yeah. So, it, you know, of course, it, it catches you a little off guard for both of those reasons. Uh, perhaps the most noble of gifts that he hands out is uh, to Lucy, this, yeah. this gift to heal. Uh, but, you know. Having been through war himself, he's gearing them up for the wars that are going to take place in Narnia and all that. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it's an odd moment. I think even for people who, who love Narnia, you're like, does Santa Claus belong here? So it might be more of an opinion episode right now. Oh. Do does Santa Claus belong in Narnia, Jamin? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think when you look at everything that that Lewis did with his right. And I know Tolkien does this too, just not as overtly. Yeah. But, but if you're really paying attention, plenty of the stuff Lewis incorporates into Narnia is just mythologies of other things that he's worked on. So on one hand, it's like, sure. Why not? It's already there anyways. Like, like the queen Jadis, right? Uh, if you're reading all the books, you realize that she's actually a bit of a giant, which is kind of comes from the Nephilim mythology. Mm-hmm. She's uh, also related to Adam's first wife, Lilith, <laughs> which Lilith. That, that's not Bible, but that's Jewish mythology that, uh, they were trying to say, where did demons come from? You know, this, I think this is maybe in the Talmud. They're like, where did demons come from? We need answers for this. And so some of the Jews just made up their own fanfic, I guess. <laughs> just <laughs> came up with this idea that, well, before Adam and Eve were together, Adam was married to a demon named Lilith, and she gave birth to countless demons that filled the world, which... Is not what the Bible says at all. We've actually addressed some of that in our episodes here on on uh, the Nerd Church podcast. Dare be giants in that there hills. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the one. That's the one. We were just getting some likes the other day on that, so uh, it's still working its way around. But but right there, you see that Queen Jadis, and and she's supposed to be like her bloodline has just become so purely evil that like there's no humanity left in her. She's just descendant of the giants, descendant of demons. She is anti Aslan, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Jewish mythology, and that that's just taken right out of Jewish thinking and incorporated in an argument. Yeah. So when when someone like Father Christmas shows up, you're like, well this is actually not uncommon for Lewis to just be snagging from everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're seeing Tolkien does the exact same thing, right? So it's not uncommon for these writers and really any writer of like fantasy or fiction um, to take from the real world's like mythology. Uh, Marvel even does it right with uh, like the, the Norwegian gods and everything. But uh, Tolkien specifically uses a lot of that like story of like Sigurd and uh, Norwegian mythology as well with the Vikings and uh, and implements that into his works. Um, but I think that uh, C.S. Lewis kind of also pulls on some Viking stuff later on as well, but um, with, like, the ships and stuff like that seem to be almost Viking-like. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> Father Christmas. Well, I think just, so. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's odd. I guess part of the reason it's odd is because you're thinking, why? You know, like, yeah. one part of you is like, okay, so Jadis being... Um, Jadis being a part of like all this Jewish lore, like you and your mind are trying to connect earth lore to it first, right? Like what if the sons of God procreated with <laughs> beings on other planets, because that's part of what Lewis is painting in the first book. Um, they find these magic rings from Atlantis that transports you to the world between worlds. Uh, you go there and then you like choose what world you're going to. So the idea is like, what if on other worlds, evil things demonically related have happened to, or in our world, something happened a long time ago and they use the rings to transport to these other worlds and then corrupt all those worlds too, you know? So yeah. there's like that, that you're like, okay, this is interesting thinking. Let's, let's think about this. Um, it's kind of like Stargate, you know, in Stargate, uh, there are beings that have been to all these planets because they have the stargates that take them to all these other places. So throughout history, they've already moved around throughout all these places. Yeah. But Father Christmas, <laughs> you're like, wait, is there Christmas in Narnia? Like, do they have the Jesus story? Like what? Or or like, is it just what? It's just some as, guy who's flying all the planets. <laughs> what? Aslan mass. I'm <laughs> just trying to figure out, like, you know, Christmas means something to yeah. us. What would that mean to another planet? Uh, and it, it, it feels like one of the more absurd mythos that Lewis builds into it, but it's not impossible. Yeah, no. You know, if Santa's already got these magical features about him, let's say maybe he even serves only earthlings well <clears throat> he aslan told him that there were earthlings that had gone to another planet and they needed help and he's a magical being maybe he can transport between worlds it says yeah well that's what i was actually <laughs> thinking too i was mm -hmm. thinking obviously santa in that world seems to have like or uh he's not santa that's not his name right it's father like christmas name. yeah father christmas um seems to be a reference to like father time as well and like like that kind of mythology, Mother Earth, um, those kinds of like ideas um, around that mm -hmm. those cultures. Um, so my thought would be that that's he's maybe another like divine being in the world, like a, like a cherubim or a seraphim kind of a thing um, that works along Aslan, and that's why he like talks about Aslan so highly um, and is like you know yeah we're we're fighting this like same fight. Um, he's giving these spiritual weapons to them. They're, they're supposed to represent something spiritual. Right. Um, so it, to me, it's, it, it's more of that, that kind of realm. It's this, this father Christmas is a, um, almost angelic being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what is cool is, you know, with this being Christian literature and him knowing, as a literary scholar, that's actually mm -hmm. his job, right? He's a <laughs> lit professor. <laughs> uh, he's taking all of the stuff that he knows, all of this place where his head has been in for decades, and now subjecting it to God and saying, like, 
how can I tell a better story with all these elements? And so Father Christmas, you know, I mean, if if he was thinking straight up Santa Claus, which he seems yeah. to be since this guy's giving gifts and whatnot, then we're thinking of, you know, Orthodox saints of old, St. Nicholas, who's actually like spent time with the poor trying to minister to them and whatnot. And then, uh, and then a myth bursting out of that until finally it's expanded into Santa Claus. Well, he takes that. And now rather than just think of this person as like a, a gift bringer and not necessarily connected to God, he like makes him a servant of Aslan. And the reason he gives gifts is to help out. And, and he takes all the other mythologies and like places them where they belong. You know, he doesn't, put Jadis in like a redemptive character. Like he knows the mythology of this evil being and subjects her to, to, uh, to being opposed to Aslan. And then father time actually does show up at the end of um, it's one of my songs on my album, but at the end he's been sleeping for the longest time. And the way that Lewis paints the apocalypse uh, more or less Aslan's return to uh, save people and bring about the judgment and things like that his father time has finally woken up and as he as he wakes up like the whole earth just kind of like water begins to fill it and wipe it out so so he takes like you know whatever mythos or whatever legends he can find and just like creates a world where they all belong i guess and and are more embodied I find this I find this kind of funny. Our our D and D styles, like the way we DM, because we're both DMs for our D and D campaigns, um, reflects the author that we like ascribe to more. Like I'm definitely more of a Tolkien fan. I enjoy like um, D and D games that it's very a slow burn. You you have to like meticulously get through like every adventure. To where Jamins are like, hey, <laughs> I had this like idea of like this thing or this game I've played before or this like scripture that I know and I'm going to implement that into this session. Um, which I think we're, we're kind of drawing off those, old, those other authors. And I think that, um, I, I think that they'd be happy to hear that in this kind of, and like if they were still around today, they'd be like, man, I'm, I'm glad people are still using uh, like the way we think about our fantasy worlds. I'm glad that they're creating their own with these same similar like ideas. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, you know, sometimes I'm a little too poignant on my allegory and it ruins the moment because it becomes cheesy when you do that. And I think that's maybe that's part of what happens with Father Christmas. It feels like too poignant of a moment. It's too cheesy. That's true. It does feel too cheesy. What on earth when you see the sled show up and then a a long bearded man get out and hand out presents, but their swords. There's just something jarring at first where like, what do I, where do I compartmentalize <laughs> this? Uh, but then standing back and looking at the larger literature of, of Narnia, it works, I think, in what he's, he's, yeah, he's yeah. It's just a little on the nose at that point, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Whereas the other things are a little more like you hear it, you take it, you don't stop to think about it. But maybe it's because. Maybe it's just that we know the story of Santa Claus so well, you know, like Jadis and all that people don't. And so it's not just like, oh, Lewis, you know, like, <laughs> like it, it feels a little more like because it's so used, we're used to the topic yeah. in our culture. It just pops. Differently. I wonder how someone in like 
an Asian culture responds to something like C.S. Lewis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, someone that didn't have like a story of like Santa Claus. It was probably something else. I don't know. Krampus. Um, that's German. <laughs> uh, but I, I wonder how someone would respond to it from like an Asian culture because they're so separated um, from like Western culture, right? Um, so like it'd be so cool to hear like a repre- uh, like a uh, when they read about Father Christmas, um, are they thinking a Santa Claus from like America kind of a thing, or are they thinking of uh, more of a The drums of Mordor playing for you too, Jamin? They are not. You should maybe go to the doctor. Okay. <laughs> the drums of Mordor, that's what you're hearing right now? <laughs> it's your heart. It's your yeah. heart beating strangely, perchance. You all right? No. Hey, man. Do you smell burnt toast or anything? No. Are you making me nervous. It's not. It's not in my house. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't hear it anymore. I think we're okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, What was I saying? That really terrified me. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, uh, okay. So, <laughs> they're back. Um, <laughs> the drums? The drums of Mordor are back? Are you doing laundry or something? So my... Something? <laughs> I, my uh, um, heater has turned on, but it doesn't sound like drums, but maybe through the mic it's... <laughs> it sounds like drums through the mic. It's terrifying. Okay. Right. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just so much we can do with C.S. Lewis's works and how uh, how how they kind of relate to our time and how they relate to um, his time. So uh, thinking about like other cultures interacting with C.S. Lewis and um, how that would be, I, I, I should probably look up some, some like articles on people who have read it um, outside of like the Christian faith or like Western culture. Cause uh, I'm sure they would have a lot of perspective on that. And honestly, I think you're right. I think it's because we're so familiar with the story that it, that's why it comes off like so cheesy because i i'm thinking like if i was removed from it it'd just be this guy showing up and i'd be like who is this person and like he would seem very random Mm -hmm. right so i don't know maybe it's too easy maybe it's just like they they're given these like weapons too easily i don't know but then they get to ask lance camp and they would have been given swords and stuff as well so it's not like i don't know i don't know yeah well c.s lewis stuff always leaves me going i don't know uh well i think either way you're probably right you know like if you were of another culture and you read that you'd be like that that was kind of cool you know but because we know it so well it's kind of kind of strange uh but there's yeah i mean there's uh i guess you wouldn't call it christmasy but it snows in narnia right we could go there if we wanted to if we're looking for other themes of Christmas time, yeah, that's kind of the whole point when you get to Narnia is like the that that famous quote: "It's always winter, but never Christmas." You know, because you got Christmas, whatever it is that is Christmas to the Narnians, they can't seem to celebrate it. The world is just yeah. always cold yeah. and under the grip of 
of death even in that sense you know as we look outside at christmas and we just see everything seems hibernating or dead or waiting for life to come again and you see lewis just taking natural science right in that direction too and painting it in as a when will the grip of of this this evil witch be released over this place so that people can breathe again and be human again and it comes first when santa claus comes to to deliver the gifts of empowerment when santa claus comes to town comes to town i was just about to be like wait is that supposed to be like a holy spirit moment like i think so i'm not sure though so one of the things that he does well is within his trinity it always lands on aslan so i don't think father christmas would be meant to do that like the holy spirit shows up oftentimes as aslan's breath it's like the invisible force of aslan coming out of him so yeah, no, I think I think we were catching it closer when we were saying uh, that Father Time, Father Christmas, they, all those kinds of things are like more divine, divine beings. Yep. Yeah, yeah, just like it's kind of like in Lord of the Rings, uh, a divine being that isn't God is like Gandalf or Saruman. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't haven't watched any uh, any uh, C.S. Lewis. Um, then you then you could probably relate to that. If you haven't watched either of those, they'd be like angels. And if you haven't read the Bible, well, I don't know how to help you, man. We're <laughs> running out of analogies. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Either way, I I think I need to decide if you get to say that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then I get to say that Narnia is a Christmas Narnia is a Christmas, movie, Christmas. and I will be well. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is a Christmas movie. <laughs> okay, all right, that's fair. Well, when it all comes to Netflix, we'll see what they remember and what they don't when they're painting these stories and what they ruin and what they don't. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm worried also about Amazon's uh, Silmarillion-like yeah. stuff. I'm just like, I don't want it to be Game of Thrones. I hear there's going to be like a lot of nudity and stuff, and I'm like... Or at least that they had to sign waivers for that. And so you're yeah. like... You don't don't ruin this universe, you know. And if you did that with Narnia, it would be destroyed. It just wouldn't work. You know, this is a yeah. kid's book. <laughs> but well, with Tolkien, it would work well, in a little bit. Like, yeah, when Baron Baron comes up, Baron Baron comes up to Luthien in the like in the forest, she is naked. So, uh, there is cause for that scene to have nudity. Um, they don't need to show it though. I mean, just the fact that she's not wearing clothes would probably be enough to, to get that across. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I'm hoping that it's just like a people have to appear naked. So like, or they had to sign waiver to say that they, they might have to act in such a way. Not that it needs to be portrayed. Exactly. PG-13 is what we call it, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, PG-13. Yeah. Just like, come on, man. I don't want, like, even the Lord of the Rings even didn't portray violence in a way that was always, like, as glorified. But um, even they got there sometimes, and I well, think that's that... Unless there was against dorks. <laughs> no, no, so, like, in the books, oh, I mean, okay. in the movies, they were... In the movies, they were like, let's murder, yay! Yeah. Um but it was definitely more 
Like there was no description of how things were dying, like in the books. Yeah, and you saw like our attraction to just violence in general with the Tolkien movies because that last movie had to be changed because it's rated R in the extended edition for just how violent it gets against like yeah. <laughs> that last scene against the orcs. They have you seen that scene? Yeah, in the extended final Hobbit, man's just like hopping on a train and just blood everywhere. Or orc blood, I don't know what you call it. I don't know. That's just not in like line with Tolkien's writing. And uh so I'm hoping that they, they can stick to some of that. I mean you you have to when representing that media, right? Representing that, that kind of like culture, Tolkien fans aren't fans who are like, Yeah, I wanna see like these people go in and just like destroy these orcs and like just murdering people yay like luthien literally takes out satan with a song come on yeah like yeah i i I think it's the same way with like lewis right like yeah there's violence i I think in uh in the narnia series um for sure but I don't think it's glorified like we have today in movies and stuff like that. Like we focus in on yeah, it a lot. Yeah, well, I think, I think even the reason for that is, you know, both Lewis and Tolkien were in the war. Yeah. And uh, there is a striking absence of information about at least Lewis in the war. Like he just didn't talk about it. And most of what we know about it is like just whatever we could learn and hit from his family and write down in autobiographies you know or in biographies about him so so for them like this is a horrible thing to go through they they clearly have put a barrier in their mind about just how bad war is and while it's part of their writing the last thing they want to glorify is that hell that they had to go through you know yeah so uh it does show up nonetheless, and that was even some of the questions that they had when Lewis was writing uh, Narnia was, these are children's books. Should you be getting into some of these like themes? And Lewis, for him, was just like, yeah, no, it's fine. But uh, but <laughs> they do at times get more violent. There's some intense wars. Uh, Prince Caspian's got quite a bit going on that's all oh, just yeah. kind of focused around that. Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that when they bring it to TV that they do a a good job at honoring what was trying to be said. Because honestly, you take all the allegory and those statements out of Narnia and the whole thing just loses its entire potency. So Yeah, for sure. Yes, we'll see. For sure. Yeah. Guess we'll see. Well, hey, for that, do we have anything else we want to jump in or are we good today? No, I think that's good. I think uh, I think it's nice to keep it light during these times. Uh, it's been pretty rough, so having a cat on the screen is also good, too, for the people on Facebook, because you can always watch us live on Facebook, uh, and you get the you get to see the kitten do the do the little uh, do the little biscuits at you. What <laughs> is that? Is that our phrase to get out of the episode? <laughs> no, no, no. Biscuit like. It's a cat making oh, biscuits. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Well, in that case, then, um, sorry, we didn't have an episode last week because we were all together watching the horrors that is the original the beauty Star Wars holiday special. Not the new Lego one, but the old atrocity. And uh, it was terrifying. And if you missed it, I don't know that I encourage you to go watch it. But um, <laughs> only watch it with friends. It's not going to be worth it. Like alone, yeah. don't do it. Yeah, like yeah. you got to laugh at it. It's got to be fun. You can't just sit down and watch it yeah. though. No. I agree on that. All right. Well, then Tyler will take us out on his phrase of the day. Boogie board on a snowboard, Mamacita. <laughs>